Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we cover the past, present and future of slavery in Australia. Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa Di Grazia. And welcome to this week's episode of Australia Explained. We'd like to start by acknowledging that we're recording this podcast in the lands of the Wurundjeri people and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. This always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So to get into it, our episodes so far have been pretty political, let's be honest. Yeah, I think we have been covering a lot of just political issues and a lot of leadership issues as well. Yeah, and I don't blame us because this year's climate has been very political, but we're reminding you guys that this is not supposed to be just a political podcast. We want to cover a range of Aussie issues. So this week, we're going to go down the history route. Yeah, absolutely. And that being said, the issue that we're covering today is still sort of semi-contemporary, and it did pop up in the media around June in this year when the Black Lives Matter protest was in its peak um, and around the world thousands of protesters were pulling down statues of the colonisers of those certain countries. And it sort of came back up in Australia because in the United Kingdom the government put a statue of Captain Cook under review and Scott Morrison was asked if he'd consider doing the same in Australia and removing statues of Captain Cook, who was the coloniser of Australia. But Scott Morrison's reply drew a lot of criticism because, to quote the man himself, he said, Australia was a pretty brutal place, but there was no slavery in Australia. Which lots of people afterwards said, not true, Scotty. Definitely, definitely did. definitely was, yeah. (laughs) And I mean, there's a separate argument to have about that politically, like, is it not good enough that he didn't know or does this fall under the politicians don't need to know everything kind of deal? But as we said, today's not for politics. It began a conversation about what is the deal with slavery in Australia, and that's what we'll be discussing today. So let's start with the simplest question. Tan, what is slavery? So the definition of slavery is the state of being controlled by another person where all your rights and freedoms are removed. And I think everyone sort of might have a perception of slavery like it happened in the United States and there was this massive struggle for freedom through the, through the civil rights movement. But just because slavery in Australia didn't quite look the same as the US, uh, it doesn't mean that it wasn't slavery. It happened in a lot more of a covert way and through different means as well. Yeah, it was definitely sneakier. Yeah. Um, Australia was essentially founded on slavery when you think about it. Like everyone knows about the convicts. They were mm-hmm. sent over from the United Kingdom for very petty crimes, a lot of them, uh, 162,000 of them. And one thing that lots of people might not know is that they were often actually sold to private farms to work on them for life. It wasn't necessarily that they were just imprisoned. They were sold as slaves. But we won't go too much into convicts because that's one thing we all learnt plenty about in school. And this podcast is for things that we did not learn about at school. Okay, so many countries, notably the Americas, imported slaves from poorer nations and were considered slave states. Did this happen in Australia? 
Yes, it did. Um, it was a much smaller scale and it's very much less known, but it did. Even I hadn't have heard of this until June when that Scott Morrison comment came up. Yeah. So um, these slaves were from the Solomon Islands in Vanuatu primarily, so the South Sea Islands they're called. And between 1863 and 1904, 62,000 people were brought over from these South Sea Islands to Queensland to work on sugar plantations. And for context, the population in Queensland in 1862 was around 45,000 people. So this was around half the state's population. But note on that that their population didn't include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders because they weren't considered people back then. But still a huge, huge amount. Yeah. And they were brought over to Australia using a combination of methods. So the European colonisers used everything from deception um, to making them think that they had some sort of better life in Australia to coercion, you know, forcing them to come on board, sometimes kidnap- kidnapping them in the middle of the night. Um, but also older generations recall stories of their ancestors, quite frankly, being sold like cattle um, at the at the shipping docks in Queensland. So no matter how they were brought over, they were not really fully aware of their conditions and the slavery that they would be entering. Yeah, I don't think anyone sane would purposely become a slave. No. Um, in 1880, the government in- implemented an act to ensure that their labour was paid for. That being said, it was six pence for every 30 pence that a white man earned. But the big issue with this law is that they had to work less than 48 kilometres from a coast, which essentially meant that they had to stay in their plantation jobs despite pay or conditions Um, They couldn't leave. So it was an empty law and that sixpence was rarely paid out because where else could they go? Um, In addition, they were kept completely separate from society. They weren't allowed in hospitals, etc. And health in general was a bit of a joke because there was extremely poor nutrition and there was a huge vulnerability to new diseases that they hadn't experienced before in the Pacific. Yeah. And we can't really say that this slavery ended with a happy story like we said in the americas there was this big struggle for civil rights and you know wars for freedom instead slavery this type of slavery in australia ended with the enforcement of the white australia policy which basically meant that no more south sea islanders were allowed in australia anymore yeah and just a quick pause on what the white australia policy is or as we affectionately have called it the wop <laughs> so in 1901, Australia stopped all non-European immigration on the basis of creating a purely white society. Like this was overt racism, not yes. even trying to hide it. Yes. And in its beginnings, anybody who wasn't white, a white English speaker, sorry, was barred from entering. But in the 1940s, we were so desperate for population growth that other Europeans who were still deemed just white enough, such as Italians and Greeks, were allowed in. And restrictions continued to slowly be weaned off, you know, culture by culture, um, until 1966 when it was abolished. So just a little tidbit there. Yeah, but the white Australia policy meant that there was a desire to protect jobs for white Australians. And it meant that these previous slave workers were either deported to their homelands or they were fired with no other job prospects. So they didn't really have a good life afterwards. And this resulted in more hardship and more discrimination for those who had been forced into Queensland in the first place. Yeah, because they had been brought there and then they were essentially stuck there with no job and no prospects. Kind of similar to our Asylum Seeker episode we talked about last week, in a way. Yeah, funny that, hey. 
In the statement we discussed earlier, ScoMo says that Australia was a pretty brutal place regardless of slavery, and we can assume that he's talking about the treatment of First Nation peoples. Were Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders enslaved in Australia? Yes, absolutely they were. The South Sea Islander trade was very short-lived, whereas the First Nation slavery trade was a lot longer. And we probably would have tried to deport them with the white Australia policy, but the whole irony of the situation is that they were working on their land, which these colonisers had invaded and stolen. (laughs) Yeah, where do you deport them to? (laughs) And, you know, they're having to work in these conditions on the land that they rightfully own. So that's the whole, I guess, contradictory nature of the the issue. Mm -hmm. And although they were called workers, they they were slaves. They were bought and sold, often in package deals with lands, And most of this slavery occurred within the pearling industries in WA and the Torres Strait Island, and then cattle farming industries more inland. And the Torres Strait Islands, for anyone that doesn't know, um, the Torres Strait is the waterway between the tip of North Queensland and Papua New Guinea. And there's over, there's hundreds of islands there. We'll pop up a little map on our Instagram so you guys can get a better feel of it. Um, But getting back to the point, I mean, labor that gives the worker no sense of power will naturally descend into slavery. Like they have no rights. And there was lots of cruel treatment and abuse. Um, Murdering of First Nations peoples was also not even prosecuted. There was no law against it, really. And we'll discuss more about that law in future future episodes. Yeah. And talking about the slavery of First Nations people. It was something that I actually was exposed to earlier this year. My friends and I, we took a trip to Rottnest Island in WA, which is a beautiful island, beautiful beaches, and it's a it's a tourist hub. But I think one day we were just wondering, you know, how, what is the history of the island? How did it come about? And it took a quick Google search to realise that Rottnest Island was first used as a prison and labour camp for First Nations people for almost a century between 1838 and 1931. And in this time, 370 deaths were recorded for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men. But I think the most unsettling thing was that we had gone to all the tourist hubs in on the island, you know, the visitor information centres and all the historical sites, and there was no mention of this. And when we were doing our Google search, we came across a photo um, of these Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander men standing in front of a monument that is still up in the island and that is still frequently visited by tourists. But in this photo, they're shackled and chained, looking very malnourished. So, I guess it was my own ignorance for for not really knowing what I was stepping into, but I definitely left the island with a, with a sense of eeriness. I think that definitely showcases that people think, oh, it doesn't racism doesn't exist anymore. Not in Australia, but we clearly have so so far to go if we yeah. can't even recognise, you know, that kind of crime. Yeah, and the the silencing of that just adds to that yeah. institutional racism. Agreed. In the Northern Territory in Queensland, the law explicitly allowed slavery. Um, it it legalised forced recruitment and the non-payment or delayed payment of wages, which are all just fancy euphemisms for slavery. Um, in other states, they mostly turned a blind eye, like given it was less common in Victoria and New South Wales, but it did still happen. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until the 1860s when a few anti-slavery campaigns started to arise and they started to discuss the situation that was mainly happening in North Queensland. And 
this slowly ended slavery um, when First Nations rights movements got into full swing. And this was predominantly after World War II when the civil rights movement worldwide was picking up. Um, In 1967, Australia had a referendum to allow Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to vote, and then there was also a a whole movement around land rights. But as part of this, there was a big fight for equal wages for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and this happened between 1963 and 1966. And whilst they were fighting for equal wages, there there was an acknowledgement of the fact that receiving a wage in general is a basic marker of social acceptance and recognition. But this turned into somewhat of a hollow fight because many employers would just let people go and turn them off jobs if they didn't want to pay them equally or pay them the wages that they were entitled to. Yeah, and this is still a fight to this day. People that were exposed to those slavery conditions years ago, um, even last year in 2019, the Queensland government paid out $190 million to 10,000 slaves. And I think we can expect to see those kind of payouts continue as these activists keep pushing um, yeah, to be paid back for all the work that they did and that they built this country. So slavery definitely occurred in Australia's past with South Sea Islanders and First Nations people. But surely we don't still have slavery in Australia today, right? Unfortunately, like pretty much every country in the world, modern slavery does exist in Australia. So there's estimated around 15,000 slaves in Australia today, which is a number I found personally shocking. And they fall into three categories. So the most common is forced marriage, um, followed by labour exploitation and sexual exploitation. So um, the last two are variants of the same crime. So sexual exploitation just involves the sex industry. And these people are often trafficked similarly, as we discussed earlier, um, through coercion, often with the promise of work, but then forced to work as slaves. Yeah. So also using that, that sort of deception as well. Exactly. But you can see that it's clearly a very gendered issue with all the sex, sexual exploitation that this slavery does occur within, around three quarters of victims are estimated to be women. And especially with forced marriage, which makes up around 47% of modern slavery cases, most often involve children being sent overseas for child marriage, predominantly little girls. And legislation relies on it being reported so the child has to be put on a no-fly list and then you know prosecution occurs yeah and that prosecution part is where it gets a bit weak um it often slips through the cracks so only 23 people have been prosecuted for modern slavery since 2004 and none of these for forced marriage um which is a bit shocking when you compare it to the numbers from earlier Um, It's expected that only one in five victims are detected by institutions because, yeah, these people just aren't visible in society. Yeah, and I think it's just important to clarify that wage theft in the form of underpayment is not slavery. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard of the scandals with George Columbaris and Neil Perry within the hospitality industry underpaying their workers. This doesn't really align with the definition of slavery. Yeah, because of course that's still a crime, but um, it's not necessarily taking the freedom away from the person. Yeah, and and their their power to leave that situation. Yeah, exactly. So this was a really harrowing story that I thought I'd relay to the listeners of a woman named Cassandra, and she came from overseas to work in Sydney as a housekeeper, 
um, you know, the promise of work, was excited for a new life and she had her passport stolen by her owners. So she worked for free as a slave for three years and she wasn't allowed to even leave the house and she didn't have a passport, not many options. It wasn't until she was able to alert a neighbour and they called the police and she was freed, etc. that, um, yeah, she received justice. But it's just crazy to think those things happen in Australia. Yeah, and in, and in that situation you can see that that was slavery because she physically couldn't leave. She had no way out. And anti-slavery groups in Australia are constantly pushing to increase the awareness of situations where slavery might arise because a lot of people don't even realise that slavery still happens and it's pretty hard to fix something that when you don't know it exists. So there are also calls for the police and for the courts to take it seriously because like we said, only 23 out of hundreds and hundreds of cases have ever reached conviction. Yeah, and just to add that in 2019, the Australian government did pledge to um, have a better transparency in terms of slavery, but that's kind of fallen off the mark due to COVID. So hopefully when things settle down again, um, that's an issue that they'll be looking at. Okay, and now it's time for our recommendations for our listeners if they're wanting to learn more about the issue. So Vanessa, what have you got for us today? I'm recommending a video about modern slavery in Australia. Um, It was produced by Monash Uni, which is local to Melbourne. So I like that. We're from Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a bunch of experts and victims being interviewed um, just about their experiences and their knowledge. And it's honestly pretty shocking. Um, It's very important to hear these stories and be aware that these people might be living among you and keep, a, I guess, a wide eye out for it. Yeah, and adding to that, my recommendation is a modern slavery registry that keeps track of all the companies in the US, the UK and Australia that have a commitment to anti-slavery. And this is particularly for retail or consumer products companies where the conditions for slavery can arise quite quickly. You know, I'm sure we're all aware of sweatshops conditions and and things like that. So this is good if you're wanting to keep a track on how ethical your shopping is. And that's it from us today. Thanks for listening. We hoped you enjoyed this bit of a different episode for us. But like we said, we are wanting to cover more historical things and we will in the future as well. So keep an ear out. Yeah, and always, if there's any topics that you'd like us to cover, anything that you've heard about and you don't really um, know the details, just message us because I'm sure that we'll be happy to do an episode on it. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're wanting to hear what you guys want to hear about yeah. too. So in the meantime, as always, follow us for more short, sweet and simple Aussie content on Instagram and TikTok at Australia Explained Pod. All the info is in the show notes for you to check out. See you next week. Bye. Bye.